0: Welcome to the Queer Body Podcast, where we are redefining the edges of identity and healing with your host, Dr. Laura Polak, a somatic healer and chiropractor. Let's join the podcast. Welcome to the Queer Body, Season 2, Episode 2. So excited for all the new things coming our way. We are having a web page developed. It'll be launched in January. At the point, we will have classes with some of the amazing people we've been talking to. We will have free classes. We will have paid for in-depth classes. We will hopefully have a conference at the end. And we're really looking forward to interacting with the communities. So I'm super excited about the things to come. Today, I have the great honor of hosting a friend and a colleague, Ursula. And before I introduce her and tell you all the amazing things she does, I really want to honor two things once that we're coming from a holiday, and holidays can be stressful for some of our community. Um, Indigenous People's Day, Thanksgiving, and I want to take two moments to... Honor that some people have a stressful holiday, and we're here. We're your community, and second, that our community was attacked again, and we lost five of our brothers and sisters down in Colorado, mm. Colorado Springs at a place where we're supposed to be safe, where we go dancing, and we we get together in community and i I just my heart is broken, and so much of our community's heart is broken. And I want to take one full minute in silence just to honor our community. So we will pause for a minute here. Okay. And I'll bring us back. Please know that you're not alone. Please know that the reason this podcast exists is so that you can be in community. And I look forward to having a way for you to interact with us and chat with us, which we will in January, but you're always welcome to reach out. And without further ado, I want to our next wonderful person. Um Ursula you have two last
1: names so I'm a little stumbling <laughs> on which you <name> <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, I'm I legally I'm still Ursula Ferreira but I'm going back to my maiden name Ursula Goulet So great. That's I'm, all. With I'll with Ursula Goulet <laughs> Ferreira she's
0: she's one and all. Um, <laughs> Ursula is a somatic coach, a body worker, a ceremonial cacao facilitator and ritual herbalist on a mission of liberation and healing. Through erotic awakening, weaving a rich background in story and myth, birth and parenting, biodynamic cranial sacral bodywork, erotic healing and exploration, plant medicine, European witchcraft. Her work has evolved into a complete spiritual ecosystem of embodied wisdom, the soul serpent path. Through her work one-on-one and in circle, she supports people, supports people to access their core desire our erotic essence from which our gender and sexual identity and expression arise, in relationship with our body, the body of the earth, and all our relations and our community. I'm so excited to welcome you, Ursula.
1: Thank you, Laura. I'm really happy to be here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's fun to get to do a thing like this after, you know, knowing each other from way back and reconnecting. So, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I
0: know. I was thinking about it. I knew you when you were pregnant.
1: Oh I know. My gosh. <laughs> and that baby is about to be 18 next. In January. Can you imagine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? It's crazy. Um, so I always like to start with the personal and the personal being, what does it mean to be queer to you?
1: Yeah. Being queer to me is about refusing the status quo of all the expectations of, um, my gender identity my pleasure my sexuality my body um how much of of the human experience you know heteronormative everything wants to parse out to me so queerness to me is about claiming a fuller humanity and and there's like can I swear is that okay oh absolutely okay and there's a like healthy dose of fuck you in it like not everything, but to the system, you know, like, I don't want to participate in that. Um, And I also just find it about complexity and deliciousness. Um, There are, you know, other words that I also embrace, femme being probably the other strongest one, or is the other strongest one. Um, But I love that queer covers so much ground, and hold so much complexity and nuance. So I enjoy having that plus other words as part of my own um, knowing of myself and sharing of community.
0: Awesome. And, you know, like, I think in these times for me, complexity and nuance is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And because we are complex humans, do you want to share any of your complexity about
1: what queer is for you personally? Sure. Let's see. Um, We'll identify as a femme. And... I, let's see, I also identify as kinky and I love like the feeling of I get to know that I am me no matter what I choose to express in any given day. Mm -hmm. And I also love getting to feel into what do I feel like expressing on any given day? Right. And part of my queerness and feminist has been about, um, taking off what I think what I think of as like layers of heavy unchosen clothing Mm -hmm. that are put on us even before we're born Mm -hmm. um you know about our gender about our bodies and yeah and then stepping into some you know liminal space of like when you take those off you don't Always, know I didn't know exactly what was what mm-hmm. but then getting to be more at choice to feel into to play so there's an element of play and queerness for me that's really important mm-hmm. of radicalness that's really about the radical like going to the root like that sense of like okay what is actually like really present here and also who I belong to I mean I feel I belong more with any queer identified person necessarily than any single other uh, group because it's a more expansive way i think of seeing things so it's not it's and, and that is not necessarily about whether someone uses that word exactly but whether it's what's the place we're operating from the understanding of ourselves of relationship of the world um because I think it's courageous, and I think it's part of the resistance, for instance, to white supremacy and everything. Trying to make everything singular and very discreet and concrete, it's explo- It explodes that mm-hmm. that 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 we can be these discrete categories of identity um, versus something much more wonderful and juicy and complex um, and mysterious, you know. expansive. You yeah. know, it's really interesting. I was
0: in a class this weekend um, with Re- Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams and um, Adrian Marie Brown. <gasps> I know, I am
1: blessed. I am yes, blessed. that's wonderful. <laughs> um,
0: you know, to be with such luminaries, I can't even yeah. say. Yeah. You know, what a wonderful thing. And in that, they were talking about moving away from picking. Categories Like now, mm-hmm. um, if I am a spiritual person moving towards oneness, moving towards wholeness, mm-hmm. moving towards my full capacity as a human, that um, maybe putting ourselves in boxes is limiting. Mm-hmm. And I went, damn it. <laughs> you know, like, I oh, something else to work with here. Uh-huh. And you know, when you get that damn it moment. Yeah. That there's truth. And that that truth is like, oh, wow. while wow, this has given me so much breadth. To knowing my belonging and knowing my community and knowing people that I feel akin to because there is a radical edge. And that being said, um, I, just, I started the queer body because queer has taken on such a different uh, yes. term in, in these days than it did back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but this notion that we are also using those signifiers as femme, as queer, and having that limit us white-bodied social justice, like how that also limits us from connecting to everyone. And Mm -hmm. so today I'm I'm playing with that and I don't have answers. It's just juicy for me in that expansiveness of what we're working with. Yeah. So I, I love the conversations about what queer is and what femme is and, you know, that idea from many moons ago, which is really kind of tired, but that labels are for cans. Like why why save them? why say and there is that belonging piece that I hear you
1: speaking to yeah that I think is really beautiful to bring up yeah thank you for sharing from you know that wisdom from the weekend and that invitation from the weekend I think the the discernment that I have inside of me and that I speak about between like labeled as something to box people up Versus language around our identity that helps us feel more grounded and known and have more access to, I think, our humanity. Is that are are we labeling others and putting them into boxes or are we looking for the language to speak about ourselves that gives us more access to our humanity? you know, whatever kind of language that is. Um, and yeah, I mean, if it if it disconnects us from our humanity and our connection, I don't think that's useful. And I don't, you know, I think there's a place in between of holding, holding the, um, we need language. How do we play with it? How do we find each other with open hearts? You know, mm-hmm. right? If I have language that helps me feel more grounded and rooted in myself, then... Hopefully, ideally, I can connect to more of all kinds of people from a deep heart space and a deep love space, because I'm not making myself smaller, pretending that, you know, my nuance doesn't exist. Right. You know, so like dogma, no. Right. Expression, connection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and just knowing that the
0: cultural shaping is always yeah. there. And yes. I think that um, we can get comfortable. With where we land. This is me mm-hmm. queer. And once we get too comfortable. Yeah. wondering what that shaping is anymore. And and part of my interest in the conversation is, what is the shaping of the identity of queer now that I can go to Target and buy a t-shirt that says queer? You know, it's very, yeah. um, how do we keep it live and fresh and breathing and continuing? Because the the beauty for me and the nuance and the shaping of myself is exactly what you started with. It's like the untangling of what I've been taught to be <coughs> yeah. with what I choose to be. And I think as long as we keep that fresh, we are in good shape. And when it gets stagnant, even within you or myself, we have to again look at like, wait, is this my fullest expression? Does this still, is this important to me? And if it is, how do I help um, create change in my sphere of influence with my um, language, as you said? with the languaging of hey this is what this means to me what does it mean to you let's let's be in community without the assumption you see what i mean yeah absolutely super yeah. juicy topic and you know the the part that i am excited to move us towards is the embodiment practices because um i will say to our listeners um i kind of this is a silly thing to say because i'm such a gemini but i call myself the charlotte and see you more as the samantha in sex in the city <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like I love juicy sex talk I love but the way you come at it is so different than how I would come at it yeah it's like oh we got to get her on here to explain what you're doing in the world with your somatics and erotic expression and how to help people find pleasure in their bodies so I, I'm really excited to hear what you're doing now in that yes. arena
1: yeah yay <laughs> and it's perfect that there's all right there's all kinds of expressions and embodiments of sexual freedom and everything right because well one it's just fun I love seeing that in everyone right I just like delight in our our diversity um and and also it helps different people land and that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. right what helps one person be like oh access something versus another and it's so good. So good. And so
0: nice to come to a place where we can be like, yes, I can be an introverted, extremely sexual human, and you can be an extroverted, (laughs) extremely sexual human. And somebody else can do it really differently. But at at some points in my life, I I was really in a community that much loved the extroverted sexuality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so trying to put myself into that didn't work for me. Yeah. But I've always seen it work wonderfully for you because your body is different than my body and so I love, I'm really yeah. going to hear your <laughs> journey and how you're working with that. Yeah. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to? <laughs> so what am I up to? Um, mm, so like it says in my bio, you know, I, I, I have a lot of different threads of healing experience and study f- over the pa- from, you know, over the past 20 plus years. And the way that that has woven in is our eros, our passion, our desire, our bodies, um, our sensuality has been used as a fundamental, used against us to oppress us, has been used against women, has been used against queer folks of all kinds, has been used against people of color, has been used against people of non-Christian you know, religions, all kinds of people, right? And... So to claim our pleasure is—it would be enough just to claim our pleasure because we wanted it. I just want to like name that—that mm-hmm. that is enough. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I'm a complete transformational geek. Like I'm interested always in more aliveness. Mm-hmm. Really is what it's about. Like the transformation, of Brittany. Like, but for just aliveness and connection and how to be more in my body here with other people here on the earth. And when we liberate ourselves from this oppression and, we, and it's not a, right, an individual journey, it's together, um, there's so much power and there's so much life force that affects every single aspect of our being, of our life, um, that becomes available to us because there's so much that gets tied up in that suppression and oppression, right? So when we can, when we stop having to do that and we can actually flow with life as it's moving through us, um, everything is just better, more awake, more alive, more possible. We can, all kinds of intimacy become available. And we become less afraid of ourselves. But I'm a
0: little bit like you know I'm thinking about people who are yes. listening. Yeah, and they're like, "What do you mean? What the heck is she talking about? That's very esoteric." So what yes. do you mean in a like, sure.
1: practical? Yes. So great question. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you know like I, I I love the the range of like I always want to be brought back to yes. What does this mean here and now? So. Um, I, we have been taught to both fear our own sexuality, gender, otherness, and to shame it. Right. Mm. So it's not just like what we get from others, Mm -hmm. right. Outside and sometimes inside the community. Right. Just, just because you are LGBTQIA doesn't mean you've, um, you know, unpacked all of, the heteronormative, etc., assumptions that we we've all been fed, and inundated with, and when you you've taught to be, been taught to be afraid of yourself, of what you want, of your own body, that there's something inherently wrong with you, um, and yet there's also a part of us that is longing for access to this source. And to connection with each other, not just in romantic sexual partnership, but just even community as full beings. And so it's hard to that's an inner conflict that's really can be difficult for people to reckon with. Like to my brain is just going a little bit bloop. bloop. Can, can I
0: play with you for a minute? Yeah, please. So like one of the places I would see like this heteronormative dialogue show up in Mm-hmm. in our community yeah so who's the top and who's the bottom yes like it so you're femme so that must mean you're on the receiving end right, right. and right. Look, look at you roll your eyes yeah. for the people right. who can not see yeah. you know his role, <laughs> but, uh, no joke I was in a um a conscious lesbian group that that really still hold that value that you know femme means um I can't change a tire. I can't like you know. There's right. there's these uh, heteronormative paradigms put onto uh, something that we've. I thought we've exploded out of. Right, and that happens in sexuality all the time. There has to be one person who's the giver, one person that's the receiver. Well, wait a minute. Where did that come from? Do we really want to hold that? Yeah, um, and then also around body pleasure, like that orgasm is the focus of sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know that where the hell that came from, I don't know, and that pleasure is focused on coupledom, yeah, and, and pleasure has to be genital focused. So these are some of the myths that i right. I'm bringing to to make it just a little bit more. Yeah, Um, in this world. Yes, yes. Because when we talk about it kind of more esoterically, I think people get lost about, hey, actually, no, we're really talking about what we've internalized about our own joy, our own pleasure, our own knowing
1: of ourselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. So really, like practically, right? Like these these, uh, ways that we, you know, internalize fear and shame can, you know, look like I don't feel you know, safe or empowered to touch my own body in ways that feel good because I've been taught that, you know, it's dirty or it's this or it's that, right? So so there's like a fundamental lack of access to actually feeling what is here, right? Mm -hmm. And being with what is here. Mm -hmm. And if we can't do that, it's really hard to, right? Like to me, the best sex is about, Feeling myself, feeling the person that I'm with, and like what and playing with what is between us, and not having a goal per se, except to be in that unfolding. Um, in order it's very to very queer, Ursula, yeah, you yeah, get yeah that right yeah, now, absolutely, we've, we've taken out the cultural shaping,
0: yeah, and you've defined for yourself a connection, yes. yeah,
1: yeah. And it's funny, I was actually thinking yesterday or the day before about. Uh orgasm, and about how like at this point in my life, you know, like sometimes orgasms don't happen just because I'm like like I'm enjoying what's happening, but i'm I'm also kind of tired or there's whatever, like bodies just have sometimes things where it doesn't always want to go like that, but I've had a really good time, like I'm not dissatisfied, I feel very connected, I know that my partner would do anything that he could to and does, you know, to, mm-hmm. to promote that, that I can ask for anything. Um, so, and then on the other hand, right, there's um, like, you know, the number, I, like I don't remember the exact number, but you know, the stats on how little orgasms women, not all straight, but women in relationships with cis men have overall. Mm. Right. And and how much lack of access to pleasure and connection and spaciousness there is. So when we break down these, you know, ways that fear and shame are have been like soaked up by us, we can begin to be like more like the word language comes to mind with ourselves and with a partner, right? Where we can be exploring, where you know how many it's like. I think there's a lot of people who have vulvas, whether they are women or non-binary or trans identified who right the shame of like, oh, like someone going down on us and like all that comes up about that. I mean, I remember in my younger life being like it was like there was this internal time limit that I felt. Yes. Oh my, they've been down there too long. I'm not doing it right. You know? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I'm thinking of one particular lover and like, I know, and I like worked through it with this person particularly, which was such a, a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Of like realizing like, he's really happy about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's no problem on that end. Mm-hmm. So there's something in me that doesn't feel capable at this moment of Really receiving and trusting that it is a mutually pleasurable thing and that he is fully capable of pausing, stopping, doing what he needs as well, you know, and that was a big thing to work through. That's another place, right? Like, oh, my, you know, my sexuality in a sense like, exists for someone else instead of existing for me. I think this is a good place to kind of pause and go, hey, let's take out
0: another person. Let's yeah. just start with, yeah. how do you find pleasure just with yourself and know yourself before trying to engage in this incredibly intimate connection with another human?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's crucial. You know, it's not that we have to like not have any partnership with anyone until we're at a certain place. But the practice of being with ourselves is so crucial. So crucial. And I like to think of cultivating erotic vitality like our aliveness, our sensual aliveness. So if someone was in a place of feeling like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about like self-pleasuring like that, maybe they don't, it's not something they felt access to yet or very briefly, right? So really like there's a lot going on there. Okay, what would it be like to just not even worry about like your genitals or orgasm as a thing? Mm -hmm. What would it be like to set aside time to touch your own skin, right? To like actually like breathe and feel your body to look at your body these things can be huge right Mm -hmm. because we're not given permission to see ourselves to actually be with ourselves without you know like there's such a script around sex right and that's part of like to step out of a script Mm -hmm. and to actually be like oh this is me and what do I feel like not what do I think about my body because of all the crap that I've been fed about what shape what size what you know, color or what everything, like, how does it actually feel to touch my own body? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, and what's there? Um, And including in that touch, but without any kind of uh, agenda, your own genitals, like even just putting a hand on them and breathing Mm -hmm. and being with what (sighs) comes up with that. Mm -hmm. You know, just being really like gentle and present, you know, we don't, not trying to change it yet. Just being with it, knowing ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And what, what happens, I mean, since this is your area of expertise, I'll put it on you. What happens (laughs) when we take out the goal of it? So what, what if I'm just touching myself for pleasure and what, what is the
1: goal? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, it can just feel really good. Well, one, you're getting to know yourself, right? So if I'm not like, well, I think I have to do this a certain way for this to happen, right? Orgasm versus, oh, what is this part of my, like, what does my body feel like here? What kind of sensations? this is not on camera but I'm sitting here like actually like with my hand like cupping <laughs> <laughs> <my mom. laughs> well, like, and you've been moving your hands a lot which know. not everybody can hear
0: but no. you, you know Ursula's a very touchy human so she's touching her heart she's touching her <laughs> belly she's playing with her hair she's cupping her vulva it goes to her heart quite a bit and you, <laughs> I like don't we're know. talking we're like me and my leg <laughs> talking you know <laughs> well, we're yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. it's like you're receiving the information from your body instead of from right. your mind, which, you know, I'm all about. I think that's a really good way to get information. But yeah. I, I think it's a new concept for many people. Yeah. About um, you know, like I, I'm supposed to watch Netflix, I'm supposed to be distracted. I'm mind, mind, yeah. mind. How do I use my mind more? Yeah. And so this idea of just touching myself, why the hell would I do that? Yeah. Like I it's like if I'm not going for something which is part of colonialism right we have to be creating something we have to do something as opposed to this idea of leisurely learning about yourself yes uh finding god within yourself through this incredible creation called your body yeah through touch through the pleasure of touching yourself and you know what if the goal is to know you better Exactly. As opposed to have an orgasm.
1: Exactly. Because how can we, I mean, it it really comes back down to relationship and to love and how can we love what we don't know. And we have been taught not to know our bodies and taught stories that are really not true about our bodies but that can feel very true. And so the slowing down allows us to be with what is here. And because we can't, when we are, you know, in a more actively sexual space, whether that is with our own selves, another or more than one person, we can't bypass what comes up in the body. I mean, sometimes we do things that maybe are not consensual with ourselves, but then we have the impact of it. So even then, if you can't bypass Mm -hmm. what is here, right well said. very well said so if I can make friends with my body whatever this I you know all this, this language is limited right, right. So, For sure. For but, sure. but that's okay it's still useful um if I can make friends and understand and not live a disjointed life like mind this way and body over here but have them in alignment and in loving relationship and my heart with that right like I think of like the bowl of the pelvis holding the heart and the mind in alignment but also like service to this deeper being like the mind is not like necessarily controlling it all or like telling everybody what to do but in loving service to then even if things like Maybe my I think I want one thing. My body's like, oh, I don't feel so frustrated or scared or confused. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause sometimes they don't all line up. Sometimes I think, oh, that sounds really yummy, mm-hmm. and my body's like, eh, well, maybe not right now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know. Right. So there's there's less there's a there's a living loving relationship in all my parts between all with all my parts mm-hmm. versus um, a disconnect that is like. Heavily underlined with like fear and shame and you know hard stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, since we're there, yeah, would you be interested in guiding us in an embodied practice uh, in a way of knowing ourselves?
1: Yeah, and I want I want to um, name something before we do that that's related to practices. Absolutely which is that I talk about titrating, like having a titration. And in chemistry, titration is, right, this way of doing an experiment where you have one substance and you have two substances, and you're going to drop by drop, put one into the other to see when the change happens, right? To see exactly how much it takes for this chemical change to happen in something new. Okay, and out, I right? will just say,
0: as you know, as eroticism goes, science. You're doing it, girl. You know, physics, <laughs> science. Anybody who wants to talk chemistry, neuroscience, I'm. Yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about titrating yeah. substances, Exactly. base. Yeah, now we're in my groove. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <Awesome>.
1: <laughs> so so. How this applies to our practices, right, is like, um, I I think most people, right, and I know I will certainly speak for myself, have at times had, you know, very like aspirational um, ideas about what I would like to practice and how I'd like to do that, right? And among other things, you know, being a mom blows that shit out of the water, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I also, what the other piece of it. So there's a practicality of like time and bandwidth and whatever about like, oh, that big thing. I'm going to do this for an hour every day or I'm going to whatever. Right. There's also the idea that when we are making, there's like a loving sneak attack to make a change in our system. Mm. And, you know, new age stuff, I feel like really tends to glamorize, like when I think of was, kicking the barn doors open, like big change and blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And without a foundation, without a supporting like structure and the right nourishment in place, that can actually cause a bigger contraction and more trauma yeah. than what was originally there, right? Absolutely. So titrating practices is both about like, what is like the smallest meaningful thing you can do once or more than one time a day, right? Ideally more than once, like whatever it's like a bite Mm -hmm. that you can and will access that is, you know, functionally accessible, but also is this drop by drop feeding of your system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what is longing to come out in you is there already. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. That's part, right. It is there. Mm -hmm. It is there. It is there. It is there. But it's usually like it's underfed, right? So practices that are drop by drop, bite by bite that we can do that are meaningful, that connect us, that fill our cup. And then one day it goes, and we're in a bigger cup. Well, and because it's consistent.
0: Yes. It's a daily practice as opposed to we're trying to do this wellness industrial complex blowout that you're talking about. Wellness
1: that. industrial complex blowout. <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> it's true. People like it. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You no, know you have to actually do the
0: work. That's where it's at. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be hard work. It can yeah. be pleasurable and joyous and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So titrate away. I'm excited.
1: So this is a practice to help you feel more grounded and centered and compassionate and gentle with yourself. And when you can think of it as either working with a younger part of yourself or just uh, the more vulnerable or triggered or tenderized part of yourself or all of the above, whatever really works for you. So I'm going to invite you um, to... If you can sit wherever you're listening, sit down. If you're not, if it feels safe to close your eyes or gently have your gaze be soft, whatever whatever feels okay for you. And if you need to keep your eyes open and you know, look forward, that's good too. I'm gonna close my eyes for those who are watching and I'm just gonna find my breath for a minute. Before I work to hold a part of myself that is having a hard time, I ask the earth for a root to hold me not me pushing a root down, but a root to hold me. Just breathing in that support. And you can bring your attention to the contact of your bottom on the seat of the ground, the contact of your legs and your feet on the ground. And there is a breath that can also help anchor you deeper into your body. Minds from um, my teacher, Chester Maynard. Who was a wonderful trickster. That's called the anal breath. And very simply, when you breathe in, you gently push out on your anus. And when you release your breath, you just release that tension. So I invite you to try taking two or three of those breaths. You can also try putting a hand or hands on your belly, on your genitals, on your hips if that helps you to bring your breath and your awareness deeper down into your body, right? And none of this should ever be forced. We're just bringing our intention and our awareness and our love. So your breath will go where it feels safe to go and you can offer that like, it'll keep changing, right? So we're breathing down into our body. We're feeling held excuse me, by the earth, that root is holding us, her body is holding us. And now I invite you to let that, that energy that is feeling vulnerable, that part of yourself that's feeling tender or triggered or just having a hard time, let it like move forward and coalesce kind of into a little ball of energy and kind of actually sit like on your lap the way that you would, you know, hold a child. And you can put your hand on your heart if you want. You put your hand on your heart and your belly. You know, just like a child sometimes needs to just cry that we can't fix it, but we can hold them and we can love them. Right, like, what is it like to have a little bit of distance or perspective from this part? Not disconnecting at all, but becoming more conscious in relationship with it. Continuing to breathe into your body, breathe into your heart. Feel how the earth is holding you while you are holding this part of yourself. If it feels right, this can be a time to dialogue with that part of yourself. To to ask it, you know, what do you need? What do you want? and you may wonder well how how can it talk to me well you can just see what comes through sometimes even just putting the question out like i'm here for you i love you i want to know you and what you need and how to heal, how to thrive. Just putting that question out into our own being can be really profound. And you might be surprised at what answers you get. Maybe you get an answer with words or a picture or let your imagination just be open and playful. You can breathe and rest here as long as you like. And when you're done, you can, I like to think of like tucking that part of myself into my heart, bringing her all the way back in. And if you like, you can always, you know, journal about what it is, but really, and you can shorten this practice. I would say like having, if you're not used to dropping into your own body that way and breath, it's good to have, you can take maybe 10 minutes, but you can also have shorter versions of that, like, oh, I'm going to pause during my day and take a few breaths into myself and feel even just feeling the connection with the earth and with your body to cultivate that relationship because part of what is so fundamentally hard about the way that patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, etc. disconnects us from the world and so it's like we're humans having experiencing all kinds of energies our personal ones but also the collective right the movement of the seasons our collective body of human experience right but we think we're just these like closed little capsules but really we're always connected to everything and so when we can remember okay the earth is holding me i can move energy through my body i don't have to process it and deal with it metabolize it all by myself um that is a fundamental shift to um, how we're able to show up
0: Thank and not you. feel alone. Yeah, that's a beautiful practice. I um, have a couple questions for you. Yeah. One of them is just a personal Laura political question. This is a fun part of being on the show. <laughs> um, I wonder about asking more from the earth without asking if she wants to. Like we take so much mm-hmm. from the earth. What do you think mm-hmm. about that?
1: So, the way that, so that practice I received from my teacher, Marita Esteva de la Torre, who's the Path of Ish. Um, um, They also have a podcast that's really fantastic, and I really... Yeah, I recommend it. I'm on there as well. It's we are asking to borrow a root. And I would say we're really asking with an open heart. I don't know that there's ever been a hint of refusal or anything, you know? Yeah. So it's like more like coming with a loving humility of like, it's almost like, like acknowledging like, thank you, mother, you're already holding me, please. May I consciously receive this Thank is you. how I think of it I yeah. appreciate that clarification for sure yeah
0: yeah absolutely um, in the titration because you started with talking about titration yeah um you know you're just saying we can do the same practice and yes, yeah. less, less but it's I, yeah. I think it's very important to underscore like give yourself 30 days of doing this yes. practice give yourself 90 days but make it a real practice any practice you yes. pick Yes, even if it's five minutes, yes, I, I think you know, and I don't know what your recommended timing is, but I do think that people do things once they don't get the results. Yes, they're used to this um consumer society. And so I think ninety days is a good practice. What about you? What are your yes.
1: recommendations for time? and yeah, uh, I think that that <clears throat> yes, at minimum. I would say trying something for a month, but 90 days will, you know, but if it's that like there's sort of the place of like, okay, what is long enough, but not too long that your brain gives up. <laughs> right? right. Right. So like play if there's a be a little playful with ourselves. That like again, that sort of sneaky, loving sneakiness, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day cultivating relationship, especially when you if you haven't, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful and if you tied you know it can be helpful to like especially for shorter versions of it let's say like you know maybe you try to start your day with 10 minutes sometime early in your day and then depending on the flow of your own day if you have certain breaks or you have whatever maybe you're going to take three like you're going to pause before you do xyz okay I'm always going to then pause I'm going to you know reconnect with that root and I'm going to take three anal breaths Great. yeah and then it will become right becomes something that you have to put the effort in first and then it becomes a resource that your body's like oh this helps so much and you start to do it more because it's really helpful
0: right right that's, and I think that's what the point of a practice is, is then you internalize it. Yes, exactly. And, and I will just say, because I've been doing this work a really long time, you've been doing this work a little time, sometimes you don't have that. Sometimes you go, I don't like this practice. Yes. It's not for me. And that's reasonable cool too. Like, yes. But finding a practice that does help you connect to your body is, is crucial. Yes. Um, I know that we're kind of ending our time. So I want to check in with you um, about things that you're like, wait, we, it's always interesting what shows up. <laughs> but, and so I'm, if there's anything that you're like, oh, I really need to yeah. this voice. I would love to hear it. Yeah.
1: Great. Yeah. So one, I want to reiterate that, the the longing that you feel inside you to move towards the kind of, like the way you want to relate to your body, to your gender, to your sexuality, to community. That longing is your own wisdom, is that part of yourself speaking and trying to guide you forward and that who you are is here all, <laughs> pull my headphones out, <laughs> who you are is already with, right? It's within you, it's not outside you, right? So to cultivate you know, just like a really beautiful seed of trust, that something is asking to unfold, and that you are enough. And I want to speak to how on the one hand, it can be, you know, so scary to think about moving towards a fuller expression of our sexuality and our gender and our pleasure. Like it can bring up so much stuff, our trauma, all of the, you know, weird messages that we've received, but you don't have to, the healing doesn't have to be in an overwhelming way. The way that I work with people is we start where you are. and we start by attuning and learning to listen to your body's wisdom, because when we can follow that, what unfolds, is not overwhelming to you because you are laying a groundwork to embody your own self, to express and have your own self. So, you know, there's like a, I just want to say that like the healing doesn't happen, have to happen in a way that's really scary. And that's really about regurgitating all the hard things Mm -hmm. It can happen from a deep place of nourishment and gentleness Mm -hmm. um, and being with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
0: love that. I really believe that they that we have hard parts, and those hard parts are part of our transformation when we can be with them, yeah, and create space and time. yeah, um so you know, if you are in suffering, slow the heck down, yeah, just slow down and be with yourself and know that this is part of your unfolding yeah and un- unhooking from all of the things that we've been taught over a lifetime and and they. They want to keep us asleep, yeah. but it's supposed to be painful. And if it's painful, titrate. (laughs) It doesn't have to take you out. You can breathe, slow down, and you can find incredible healers. That's part of what this podcast is about. Yeah. And work with someone like Ursula. Particularly, um, I tried to speak about this with our other um, sex educator, um, I think it can be intimidating to think about working with sexuality with another human. Yes. So if you would speak to your offerings, what you're up to now, how to reach you and yeah. maybe demystify, like, you know, for the Charlottes like me out there in the world who are like, yeah, oh, hell no. We did the looking at our vulvas with. Specular- <laughs> I, I, painting Myself, with but black- that is not for me. Yeah. Like, so how would kind of maybe somebody who is not an extroverted or kink person how how would you work with someone like that in short and what you do offer because there are many people out there who are like oh yeah I'm all about it let's look (laughs) let's play let's you know for all of us and what, what would it mean to come see someone like you
1: absolutely so the beautiful thing so you know uh like i hold both the energy of you know mama bear like my name literally means bear and so there's very like like warm and you know safe and but but not a pushover right bears will back yeah right just yeah. just to be clear right there's a loving fierceness in there yeah um so on the one hand there and on the other hand this i don't know sexual adventurer self mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. overall like personally you know just like and how that shows up in one-on-one work, right, is I am here in holding my fullness of self, right? Who I am as an erotic being. That's mm-hmm. not about like sex, like it's not about express right. I'm holding a therapeutic container, right? But my energy is whole is whole, is integrated. Right. And and then holding that with this kind of mama bear energy for you to have a safe place to begin to not just be like, well, you know, that that artificial separation between sexuality, pleasure, et cetera, and the rest of life. Right. So what does it mean to begin to just know that however I am, I can show up in all of my being. And then functionally, what that looks like is like it's not about like taking off your clothes or specifically working with your genitals or anything. It's a lot about Working with a lot of people around like, you know, their nervous system and their capacity to, um, to check in like, okay, what, what do I want right now? And what kind of touch would I like that is not about sex, but it is about being able to connect the dots between our mind, our heart, our body. Um, And so we work a lot with communication and receiving touch that again, is not sexual nature, but that is about like, how do we connect to our pleasure Mm-hmm. very simply, right? And I mean, pleasure in the broadest sense. Pleasure is not, sometimes people go, pleasure, sex. No, I don't mean mm-hmm. pleasure, sex. I mean, mm-hmm. pleasure of the spectrum. And be able to dial in like, oh, it'd be so good if the touch was a little more like this. And for people who can't, who are not watching, like I'm like holding my arm and like, like what kind of pressure, what kind of, you know, speed? Because it's, it's both astounding and not how hard even just that can be. Oh, okay. You have full permission to be, I tell people, I'm like, be the princess and the pea. Be super fussy about what I want to be just right. Like if we're holding your heart, what kind of pressure, how light, how hard, exactly where take your hand and move my hand to the right spot. Most of us have, so it's a very unconditional space to explore our body in a way that we're not like right when, when we're just with ourselves, there can be a lot of energy tied up in like maintaining, you know, the strategies and the ways we hold ourselves like to get through the world. When we're trying to do something new, it's really helpful to have someone a skilled person holding us and guiding us. So that we feel safe and courageous safe enough and courageous enough to explore something beyond our current operating system.
0: Right. And I think, you know, it's important to add in here that a lot of people think they're supposed to have the skill set and you, you you aren't born with it. It's something learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um if I can ask you, how do we get a hold of you? So if I want to come yeah. see you.
1: Yeah. So um you can people can go to the com. And also if you're listening, there's like, you're welcome to, um, if you're really curious and you want to talk more about either one-on-one work or circle work, because I also do facilitate circles, both online and in person, I would love for you to schedule a connection calls so I can do more demystifying, right? Like right. I totally, I really get it. Like I really, really get it. And that's why I work the way that I do to really slow down and help people begin where they are. So you can... I think that we can conflate our fears about sex with fears about sexual, you know, onto sexual healing or healing around sexuality, right? Like the ideas of like performance and doing it right and expressing something versus like, Let's have the space to be vulnerable and awkward and not know. You right. know, <laughs> right? For sure. <laughs> like it's really good. If you knew, you wouldn't need any of this. It's totally okay. It's totally and it's
0: okay, okay to not know. Like fuck yeah. it up, please A- fuck absolutely. it up. Learn. And yeah. so, Ursula, I'm going to just say for our listeners, you know, everybody is everywhere. Yes. Um. So we will have all the stuff in the liner notes. Yeah, and you are welcome to do a Zoom call. Just like uh, we will be on YouTube, you can watch this. Which I don't know how great it's going to be, but you know, <laughs> I have to sit very still because my mic picks everything up. But Ursula has been very like, yay, <laughs> moving her body and showing, and I love that. But then my mic gets weird, so um, I will put it in the liner notes. You can find her there. You can do a Zoom call, but if they wanted to do an in person call, you are where I am in Oakland, California. Yeah. So yeah. you do have an office, and they can do in person. Oh yes, with you
1: as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love, I I love that we can work with people and all you know from anywhere. Um, and there's so much good, especially like and I love working in circle by Zoom. One-on-one is available, but I think that there's something about the collective body a circle, even when we're distant. Um, but it's so beautiful to be in person together. Mm-hmm. And there's just, I just want you to hear if you're listening, like it is within you to heal and have what you want and. You know, feel both more grounded and expansive and alive. Like it's in there. Because
0: you're human, because you're alive. And because we're little twinsies here and working together, I'll say. And if it's within you and you've already healed and you want more pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to be suffering to up level.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. So with that, I will say thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Look forward to you all listening and maybe seeing a, a class with Ursula in the future. Our website will be live in January. Blessings to all. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Blessings.
0: You've been listening to the Queer Body Podcast, where we are redefining the edges of queer identity and healing. For more information about Dr. Laura Polak or our podcast, check out our website, communityholistichealth.com Thank you for listening.